Okay, <coughs> welcome everyone. Uh, tonight's year, Parshas Koirach, the Shurim on Sefer Bamidbar, are sponsored by our dear friend Rav Isaac Yasolovsky, Lila Nishmas's father, Rav Shabsi, Ben Rav Yitzchak Isaac, and Shalom Shav and Aliyah, the Yosef for his whole family, the Simcha Sanachas Arbias Koel Tzedek, also sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta, Lila Nishmas, Rav Shloima Eliezer, Ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, for their whole family, for And tonight's share is sponsored anonymously by <laughs> Mrs. Gedalia Schwartz in honor of her husband, Yadidi Rav Gedalia, and we're Mavarach their family with Shuis Venachamos and Parnas Varevach, Vimali Hashem Komashalos Libchem Latayva. Oh, Parshas Koyrach. So, the Rebbeinu in the aftermath of the episode of Koyrach, Klal Yisrael, after Koyrach was basically swallowed by the ground, and his 250 men were swallowed by the ground. So what's the, the reaction of Klal Yisrael? They complained, Vayiloinu, they complained, they said, Atem hamitem Hashem. Moshe, you're a murderer, you killed out the people of God. So Hashem had enough, you know, it's bad enough Koyrach rebelled, and I have to kill Koyrach, I have to kill his men. And now Klal Yisrael, they're complaining because another 14,700 go and uh, Hashem says to Moshe, that's it, I'm going to wipe out the Klal Yisrael and I'm going to make a new nation that comes from you. So what's Moshe's reaction? Vayiplu al Moshe and Aaron, they fell on their faces. Vayoyimru and they said, Kael, God Almighty, Elikea Ruchais, Master of all spirits, L'chol Basar, for all flesh, Ho'ish Echad Yechta, one man will sin, and Hashem says, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, one man should sin, and you're going to get angry at everybody. It's not right, God. Only one person sinned. You want to destroy everybody? But what's happening over here? Moshe Rabbeinu fell on his face. Why did he fall on his face? What's he doing falling on his face? It seems like Moshe Rabbeinu offered a tefillah, but why is he, off, why is he falling on his face? Says Rabbeinu Bechayeh, he fell on his face. L'hispalel, Tadavin, Rabbeinu Bechayeh, one of the great Rishonim. In fact, of all the Rishonim, the Chassam Soifer used to learn every Friday night the commentary of Rabbeinu Bechayeh, and he said that he always found new chidushim in the commentary of Rabbeinu Bechayeh. Moshe Rabbeinu, says Rabbeinu Bechayeh, fell on his face. Umikan l'nefilas apayim b'tzvitzvilah. This is the source for Tachnon. This is the Makar of Tachnon. Moshe Rabbeinu was the first person to daven Tachnon. <clears throat> I guess it wasn't anybody's yard site on that day, even though it was a lot of people's yard site. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu said Tachnon. He, you know that there is a pleasure in life that a Gentile will never experience. And that is the unexpected joy on a Monday or Thursday when people thinking that davening will take an extra four and a half minutes, and luckily there is a chassan, the zivig shlishi, sitting in the back of the Beis HaMedrash, and uh, he obviates the need to say tachnon. There is no comparable joy that a Gentile could ever experience. And uh, what we're, we're going to try to explore today is, while tachnon is uh, very much a uh, neglected tefillah, a tefillah which is underappreciated, 
And uh, we have to try to understand, look, the Siddur seems to be big enough. The davening seems to take long enough. We do different things. We bow and we clap. And, but what is Tachnan all about where we're falling on our face? Why are we falling on our face? What is the objective of Tachnan? And we're going to learn tonight 10 energizing elements and phenomenon that occur during Amira's Tachnon. And in fact, Tachnon, in a way, is the most powerful element of the entire Seder Atvila. We have to try to explain why is it that some people seem to be very lax and lenient when it comes to Tachnon. Is there any basis for that? Is it correct? Is it incorrect? So let's begin with Rabbeinu B'chayi. Let's see, seemingly, nefila sapaya means to fall on your face. So We're going to see the tour seems to hold that the whole tachnon is a rishos. On the other hand, marav is a rishos. Yet, Kla Yisrael have accepted upon themselves to daven marav. So it would seem that even if tachnon was originally rishos, Kla Yisrael have accepted upon themselves to recite the tachnon. What is the objective of tachnon? Says Rabbeinu Mechayeh, Tachnon has three primary objectives. Number one, Moira Shechina, to demonstrate awe for the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Number two, to show Tsar and Achna, pain and humility. And number three, Laharois Asiras Chushav Ubitol Hargashosav, to show the tying down of your senses and the nullification of all of your feelings. So let's examine these three benefits one at a time. Number one, to demonstrate Moira Shechina. And that is, you want to clothe yourself with, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar writes, Busha, shame before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Utsniyos, and humility, because covering your face is a sign of humility and a sign of Busha. Now, when a person davens, the most important thought is to realize, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi that you're standing in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, they uh, enacted bitachsisei hatfila. Anybody know what the word tachsisei means? They enacted in the ritual of davening to cover your face as a sign of recognition that you are in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In fact, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says the Chazal say that the Malachi Hashores, they themselves, when they are in the presence of Hashem, they also cover their face. The Chazal say about the Malachi Hashores, Chayos HaKodesh, Noiflois Al Pneim, so that they, they don't gaze at the Shechina. There's a concept that the Chayos HaKodesh, there's like a veil in the heavens. The veil is called the Rakia. Now the Chayos HaKodesh will stick their heads above the Rakia to see above the rakia, but they can't they can't stay there too long. It would be inappropriate to stay there too long. So they sort of pop their head in and then they retreat, which, by the way, is one of the basis for shuckling, because that's what the malachim do. The malachim are rotsoi; they run v'shoiv and they retreat. Ahava, where they come close, and yira, fear, where they retreat in awe. So to sort of emulate that kind of uh, response. That, some say, is why uh, um, some people shuckle by davening. Others say it's because people are not focused on the words, so they need to keep themselves occupied. Okay, but in any event, uh, the uh, Rabbeinu B'chayi says, even the Malachi Hashores, to show and the recognition that they are in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they also uh, cover their face. By the way, there are other elements of the ritual of prayer that we learn from the Malachim, namely... The Malachim are Ragleihem Ragel Yeshara, right? They have one leg. 
They have one leg. So by Shemana Esrei, we stand with our feet together. So the first objective of Tachnon, it's a recognition that you're in the presence of Hashem. In case you didn't realize you're in the presence of Hashem, you cover your face in recognition that we're in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Number two, this is the second objective of Tachnon, to show pain and submission. Because if you're in great pain, what do you do if you're in great pain? Lahavdil elef alfei avdalais. If your team is the prohibitive favorite to win the World Series, the World Cup, the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup final, I don't know what any of these things are. Somebody happened to one time told me. And let's say you're blown out. So what's the player's reaction going to be? They're going to sit on the bench and they're going to be, they're just, they can't even lift up their head. It's, they can't believe this thing happened. They spent the whole, they spent the whole year preparing. They've been injecting themselves with growth hormones for years to be able to win. And look what happened. They blew it. They couldn't, they couldn't win. So it's painful for them. So too, falling on your face is, um, a sign of tsar and hachna. It's one of the main components of tshuva. And we find many times in Shas that it's not just kavana that gets your tefillah answered. It's the tsar that a person feels that gets his tefillah answered. We have that very often in, in Masech Tainis. There was once a tzaddik, he was davening. And when he had, when he was weak-minded, when he had tsar, that's when the rain came. Or when a certain amur was embarrassed, that's when the rain came. And then Rabbeinu Bechayi quotes the main story we're going to focus on today, the sister of Rabbi Gamliel. There was once a great rabbi, his name was Rabbi Lezer Hagadol, and he held about an oven that had coiled around it a serpent, Tanor Shel Achnoi. He held it was Tahar, other Amaran held it, other Tanam held it was Tame. There was a big machlokes until Rabbi Lezer said, I'll prove I'm right, the walls of the base matter should shake, and the walls of the base matter shook. And they weren't impressed. He said the river should get up and move to a different spot. And they weren't impressed. A heavenly voice should proclaim, I'm right. God said he's right. They said, no, you're wrong. And not only that, he wouldn't back down. So they put him in Cheren. And basically they told him he can't come into Shul. He can't get an Aliyah. He can't give Drashos. He can't do anything. So he was very despondent. He had a wife. His wife's name was Ima Shalom. She was the sister of Rabbi Gamliel, who was the main um, rabbi who put Rabbi Lazar Gadol in Chirin. Now, her, her husband was very pained by what her brother did. So in other words, her husband, Ima Shalom's husband, Rabbi Lazar Gadol, had a big problem with Rabbi Gamliel. And she wasn't worried. What's he going to do to him? What's he going to do? He's going to dive in Shemana Esrei and ask God to take up his cause? Yeah, Shemana Esrei is not, such a, not so powerful. But Tachnon, Tachnon is the most powerful tefillah. And therefore she never let him say Tachnon. So she let him dive in Ne'ilah, and she let him say Yom Kippur Katan, and she let him say Echveis, Musaf Shabbos Rosh and she let him say all the big grace of tefillah. She let him say tefillah zaka, and she even let him say pitamak toires from a klaf, but she would not let him say tachnon, because there's no tefillah more powerful than tachnon. So the archa shulchan is medayik from here. Why would he let her not let him say tachnon? Clearly, from here we see tachnon is rishus. Tachnon is not obligatory. Otherwise, why would he listen to her? 
you know, okay, she stops. So then uh, he should say, do me a favor, go shopping. She said, you don't need anything. No, you need something. Go buy yourself a new pair of shoes. And then he could have said, Tachnon. But apparently he, he let her stop him because Tachnon is a Rishos. Bottom line is, says Rabbeinu B'chaye, one time she thought it was Rosh Chodesh and it wasn't Rosh Chodesh. So she stepped outside. She comes back in. He was saying, Tachnon. She said, let's go to the Levaya of Raman Gamliel. He said, how do you know? She said, I know the Koyach of Tachnon. Tachnon's Koyach is if somebody is aggrieved, if somebody has kapedos, and they say, Tachnon, watch, that person's in big trouble, who they have a taino against. It is the most powerful tefillah we have if somebody is bitzar. Says Rabbein Rechaye, from here we learn, of all the tefillahs that we have in our arsenal, Tachnon is the most powerful. The small, the, there's only one Tachnon. The Monday and Thursday extra tchinois subakashois is not really part of tachnon. It's just extra supplications. Not, by the way, not because Monday and Thursday is a yom hadin, because Monday and Thursday is yomay rotsain. Because Moshe Rabbeinu he always went up to Har Sinai on a Monday and he came down on a Thursday. So it's it's preparation for tachnon. It's very important. But it's not, this Tachnon is talking about Nefilas Apayim. So that's the second objective of Nefilas Apayim, to release your Tsar. It's, it's like a weapon. And the third objective of Nefilas Apayim, says Rabbeinu B'chaye, is to show that all of your senses, you see, when you put your head down, you usually close your eyes and you close your mouth. And it's like you bind yourself up and you're like tying down your sight and your hearing and and basically what you're saying is, I can't see, I can't hear, I can't think, I can't move unless God wants me to. If He doesn't want me to, it's almost as if I'm not existent and my whole reality and my whole existence is totally dependent on Hashem. Says Rabbi the same way during Shemana Esrei, we do that by putting our feet together. By putting your feet together, you're saying, I'm bound up, I'm tied up. If God doesn't allow me to move... So too in Tachnon, it's like you're binding all your chushim and all your hagation. Very interestingly, says Rabbein B'chayi, the Christians also do that. But instead of putting their feet together, they put their hands together. I guess he means, I'm not going to do it, I guess you know, he, they put their hands together in, you know, in supplication. They, they put their two hands together with arm on arm and elbow on elbow. Says Rabbein B'chayi, they don't know where they get it from. They get it from Klal Yisrael. That when we pray, we tie ourselves together to show that we're completely bound up. And without Hashem's will, we can't move. But we have a better way of doing it. We tie together our feet. Because when your feet are tied, you're more bound up than if your hands are tied. Right? In other words, if your hands are bound, you could still walk around. You could still go to the Shear. You could go to Seasons Express. You could go wherever you want to go. You could go to the White Shoal, you could go to Sender's house, wherever you want to go, you could go. But if your hands, if your feet, if your feet are tied, you're stuck. So we have a better version. And by Tachnon, now, I want to bear that in mind because we're going to see that Tachnon has a specific Havana. By the way, the Rikanti, who's one of the Italian early Mekubalim, he also is Marames, that the Indian of Tachnon is sourced in the Tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu in this week's Pasha. Fine. Let's begin with the Gemara in Baba Basra, in Baba Metziah, that we already quoted. The Gemara in Baba Metziah says, the Gemara tells us that um, 
Ima Shalom was the wife of Rabbi Lazar, and she was very scared that, Reb, that her husband, Rabbi Lazar, would say Tachnon and kill Ram Gamliel, so she never let him say Tachnon. One time she got confused, she thought it was Rosh Chodesh, and it really wasn't Rosh Chodesh, and he was saying Tachnon, and by the time he finished Tachnon, they already heard the Levaya of Ram Gamliel is the, is the next morning. Says the Archashulchan, from this Gemara we see two very important inyanim. Inyan number one, Tachnon is not an obligation. If it was an obligation, why would he let her stop his tachnan? Number two, the Archa Shulchan says that we see the koicha gadol. The power of tachnan is such that it gets immediate results. You need something ASAP, tachnan is the place to be machabe. Okay? Comes the Beis Yosef, and the Beis Yosef asks, this woman, Ima Shalom, she had nothing better to do with her life than to stand over her husband the whole day and make sure he didn't say tachnon. Guys, how many of you would last if your wife stood over you, their ganser tug, making sure you didn't do a specific thing? I mean, and what? She never did it. How did she go Shabbos shopping? How did she go anywhere? She, that means she, she was dedicated 24-7 to make sure. I mean, I guess... On Shabbos, she was able to get out a little bit. Shabbos and Yom Tif and Purim and, and, and you know, she probably held you don't say Tachman seven days after Shavuos. Otherwise, I mean, she had to get things done. What did she literally stood over him 24 hours a day that he didn't say Shachris, Mincha? Says the Beis Yosef, it's not Shaykh, it's not possible. So from here you learn another thing, says the Beis Yosef. That Tachnon is only effective if you are not mafsik between Chazaras Hashatz and Tachnon. But if, let's say, in between Chazar Sashatz and Tachnon, you chap a shmuz, or you interrupt, then the Tachnon doesn't work. How do we see that? Because obviously she didn't stand over him all day to make sure he didn't say Tachnon. What she did was, she got him to interrupt in between Chazar Sashatz and Tachnon. <coughs> that kills the, the Tachnon. Once the Tachnon is dead, he could say the Tachnon and it would be ineffective. <clears throat> in other words, it doesn't mean she stood over him all day. It just means she got him into interrupt between Shemana Esra and Tachnon. Says the Beis Yosef, what's the lomdus of Tachnon? Tachnon is <clears throat> a tefillah arichta with Shemana Esra. It's a Shemana Esra extender. That's what Tachnon does. It extends the Shemana Esra. So if you're mafsik in between Tachnon, uh, Shemana Esra and Tachnon, the Tachnon doesn't do anything. So basically, all she needed to do is interrupt him twice a day, and that's, in fact, what she did. Okay. Therefore, the Shulchan Aruch writes, in number eight, You should not talk between davening and tachnon, between Shemana Esra and tachnon. However, the Paiskim say that it's not so strict. In other words, you can answer Amen, you can answer Amen Yehishmei Rabbah, you can answer Baruch That would not be a hefsik. The Mishnah says, even the long Vuhurachim that we say Monday and Thursday, it's also not a hefsik. It means don't start doing other things. Don't do your taxes in between Chazar Sashatz and Tachnon. That's going to be a Tachnon buster. Or other things, whatever. Other unrelated uh, subjects you should not get involved in between Chazar uh, Sashatz and Tachnon. Cell phone? No, cell phone you could because uh, you can't have a cell phone at all in Shul. You know that already. Once you have it in Shul, so then... Uh, okay. Yeah. 
That's why Moshe Rabbeinu to why do what? Why didn't Avram Avinu say? I mean, that's what that's what uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu said. He said, "Ho ish echad yechta ha'kol But he said it b'nefilasapai. I guess not everybody knows. I'll tell you why Avram didn't say Tachnan. Because when did the Malachim came to Avraham, come to Avraham? First was the day of his birth, so there's no Tachnan that day. Second was Erev Pesach, there was no Tachnan that day. So, the, you know, he couldn't say Tachnan. Now you want to know why Avram Avinu didn't say Tachnan? Here's the million dollar question. Comes the Munkacher in the Sefer Divrei Taira, the Minchas Alazar. The Minchas Alazar says regarding Tachnan that those people who call themselves Hasidim are noyeg to be lenient. It has no tam, it has no reach, it has no flavor, it has no aroma. Not only that, says the Munkacher, Ad it's ridiculous. Uvifrat, they say every day is a yard side of this Rebbe, the Shtefanishta Rebbe, and the Radzvil Rebbe, who davar hamevi l'deit It is absurd. Machiv halev, it's painful, v'hamara, and it's bitter. Says the, the Munkacha, there's no day on the calendar that is not a yard site of either a Tana or an Amoira. Now, as great as any Rebbe is, nobody would say they're greater than a Tana. They were not greater than Amoram. So how could it be that on a day that it's a yard site of an Amoira, you do say Tachnon, and a day that it's a yard site on a Rebbe, you wouldn't say Tachnon? Says the Minchas Elazar, it is not correct. Elama, you want to say, we'll pick the 20 top rabbis. So we'll pick the Noyam Elimelech. Yeah, we'll pick the Choyz of Lublin. We'll pick the Baal Shem Tov. We'll pick the top 20. Says the, says the Minchas Elazar, Chas v'shalom. If you do that, you're being moitzi, laz, and lashen hara on all the tanoim and amaram on their yard sites. You do say tachnan. You know how to do that. You're being moitzi, laz on all the other gedolim. So he says it would not be correct to do that. You're being moitzi, laz on all the tzaddikim. Elamai, the only option is never say tachnan. Oh, that's a great idea. So basically, take simen kuf lamed aleph out of shulchan aruch. And say that when Moshe stood on our Sinai, Hashem did not give him that simon of Shulchan Aruch. So that Bechlal is heresy, says the Minchas Elazar. And it's a toss. So he says, says the Minchas Elazar, I heard from a Rebbe. Now it's a good thing the Minchas Elazar says this. If anybody else would say it, you know, you would say, he doesn't understand, he's a litfish, right? But the he said he heard from a different Rebbe that he doesn't say Tachnon because to say Tachnon you have to say Vidoy. And if you're going to say Vidoy, then you're uh, bringing the Kayach Hadin on Klal Yisrael. Says the Minchas Elazar, doesn't this Rebbe know what the Arizal says? You know how Vidoy works? Moide Beknas Potter. Moide Beknas Potter means, God, I spoke Lashon Har, oh, you admit it? You're Potter. God, I did this Avera. Moide beknas Potter. Right? By the way, only Rav holds Moide beknas Potter. Shmuel holds Moide beknas Chayev. That's why the Ramami Pano says, 
You're going to forgive our sin because of the Shita of Rav. But Shmuel, Mi Yichya, Mi Sumaikel, Mi Yichya, Mi Shmuel. Who can live off Shmuel Shita, says Ramami Pano. Mi Yichya, Mi Sumaikel, you can't survive off of Shmuel. But Vesalachta Lavainenu, Ki Ravhu, based on the Shita of Rav, the Yvon Sham will forgive our sins. Okay. The rabbi so some say, oh, it's because they dive in mincha after shkia, and you can't say mincha, you can't say tachnon after shkia. Now, it has nothing to do with it, because chasidim don't say tachnon mincha, even when they dive in 12.30 in the afternoon. It's as far away from, shkia is not for another 17 hours, right? And still, and st- so what's the basis for that? Marv Rabbi yes. Oh, the Munkacha takes it, we could add, the Munkacha doesn't say this, but we could add, that not to say Tachnon on a yard site, the Shulchan Aruch brings down the yard site of many great people, including Moshe Rabbeinu, Yoshua Benon, Eli HaKoyen, Shmuel Hanavi. And on all of those days, the Shulchan Aruch says, not only do you say Tachnon, he says you fast on those days, right? So how could it be that on those days you fast? Uh, fine. So this all stems from the Zayar HaKadosh. And the Zayar HaKadosh is quoted by the Beis Yosef. Let's take a look at the Beis Yosef in the end of Simon Kuf Lamed Aleph. The Zayar says like this. Um, is there a Siddur over here? Can somebody pass me a Siddur? The first thing we need to know... It's all the same. We'll take one of each. The first thing we need to know is what is Tachna. Because while everybody is smirking and laughing when we're talking about the people who don't say Tachnon, the joke's on you guys. Because I'm going to tell you something like this. There's not one person in this room, actually, there's only one person in this room who has ever said Tachnon in their whole life. Only one, I have a good friend in this room, he says Tachnon every day. Besides him, there's not one person in this room, not only who doesn't usually say Tachnon, 99% 99% of the people sitting here have never said Tachnon in their life. And that is because the Zayar says, what is Tachnon? Tachnon is Perak Chavhei of Tehillim. Ledavid Eilecha Hashem Nafshi Yesa. If you have a Siddur, it's Kedai to look in the Siddur. It's the 25th Perak of Tehillim. And like many Prakim of Tehillim, this Perak, says the Zayar, is listed in the order of the Aleph base. You have a verse for every letter of the Aleph base. Ledavid Eilecha Hashem Nafshi Yesa. And what is the purpose of Tachnon? We're about to learn. Says the Zayar HaKadosh. Question number one. Why did David HaMelech, in this capital in Tehillim, 
bring a verse for every letter of the Aleph base except for the letter Vav. The letter Vav is not represented in Parakhafe of Tehillim. There's a Pasuk for Aleph, for Beis, for Gimel, for Dalet, for Hay, nothing for Vav. What happened to the Vav? Why is there no Vav? And why did David legislate that we should fall on our face when we say Tachnan? Says the Zayar, this is the secret. Every day, every night, the tree of Misa comes down to the world and it extends its tentacles to the whole world. And that is why in the nighttime, everyone is toyem tam misa. That is, sleep is the 60th of death. So when a person sleeps, they're experiencing an element of death. Why? Because the tree of death comes down to this world. And a person gives their soul as a pikadoin to the Lord. And the Rebbe takes the soul and we trust him. We have faith in him that he will return the soul in the morning. So the morning comes and we get up. And we cover our heads in the talus. And then we put on tefillin on our heads. And then we purify ourselves by saying karbonoi, says the Zoyar. Then we're makaba omachu by saying psuke de zimra. And then we say kriya shema. And then we say shmona esrei. And then we attach the higher worlds to the lower worlds, says the Zoyar. But at that point, we've exhausted all elements of prayer. And we need to demonstrate when we finish Shemana Esrei as if we died and we've connected to the tree of death. In other words, after Shemana Esrei, you basically have to say to Rivan Shem, Rivan Shem, I am willing to give up my life for you, to serve you. After you put on talus, put on tefillin, said, you, you basically say, I am willing to give up my life for you. And therefore, what do we do? We say, we confess our sins, and we say, not only am I going to do what I did at night, I'm going to give my soul to you as a pikadon, I am literally willing to give up my life al That is the kavana of tachnon. That's why you say, Ledavid Elecha Hashem Nafshiesa. God, I am carrying and giving my soul to you. So you know what letter can appear in Tachnun? The letter Vav. Because the letter Vav represents the Eitzachayim, the tree of life. And to represent the tree of life in a chapter that you're giving up your life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be incongruous. And therefore the letter Vav does not appear in Tachnun. Says the Zayar, you know what you're doing in Tachnun? There's certain sins. What? No, the letter Vav in Parak Chav Hay is not represented. No, but you don't say Tachnun. I'm saying what Tachnun is. Right? The Zoyar says Tachnun is Parak Chav Hay. If you say anything else, then uh, you're saying Tehillim. This, this is the Zoyar. That's why the letter Vav does not appear. Because the Kavana of Tachnun is to be Moiser Nefesh HaKadosh Hashem. The letter Vav represents the Eitz HaChayim. You can't reflect the Eitz HaChayim when you're giving up your life HaKadosh Hashem. Now, says the Zoyar, there are certain ka- Averois <clears throat> that you can't really just do Tshuva for. You know, the Gemara says in Yuman Daf Pei Vav that if one violates a Mitzvah Saseh, you do Tshuva and you're free. Right? Let's say somebody wakes up one morning and he, uh, hey, doing Israel? You having a good time so far? Yeah, I just want to know with Parak Vav being Nafila Sapayim. No, Parak Vav is not Nafila Sapayim. Parak Chav Hay is Nafila Sapayim. We'll have to see. So why don't we say Nafila Sapayim? But I'm just telling you what the Zayar says. 
Somebody violates an assay. Let's say somebody wakes up. It's 9.30 a.m. I missed the Mogin Avram and I missed the Gra. So you mevato mitzvah assay. So what do you do? You do tshuva immediately. Say, Yabanisham, I missed this man Krishma. I'm mischarit. I feel bad. I'm not going to do it again. And you're good to go. You're free. You're clean. No, no other ingredients needed. Somebody violated a lav. They were shotness. So you say vidui. Say, Yabanisham, I sinned. You regret it. And then, <clears throat> the tshuva does not clear away the sin. You need tshuva and you need Yom Kippur. Somebody violates a lav sheyesh by kareis, then tshuva alone is not going to clean it. Yom Kippur also will not clean it until chas um, a person would require yisurim, difficulties, to cleanse it. And then there's a chil Hashem, chil Hashem, is not cleaned until a person's demise. So says the Zayar, there's certain averos that you need other ingredients more than just tshuva and Yom Kippurim. Shalom, a person would need Misa. However, if a person says Tachnun with Kavana and they're willing to give up their life, that willingness to give up your life would be Mechaper all of your Averos. It's as if a person actually died. So Tachnun, in a way, is the most powerful moment of the day because what you're doing is you're giving up your life and will cleanse you from all your sins. Yehesh me maybe only with tshuva. Only Krishma also perhaps you could do it. Krishma, you're also moister nefesh al kedush Hashem. Amen. Yehesh me would take off maybe yisurim. Would it take off chil Hashem? I think the some surfer says that also. By the way, the Abir Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Abi he says teru moisai, which can be read tre mavas. Twice in davening, you're giving up your life. Krishma and Tachnan. We're focusing on the Tachnan right now. Now, the Zoyer says something very frightening. He says, if you're giving up your life, HaKiddush Hashem, when Tachnan... By the way, I want to just add, the third objective of Tachnan, according to Rabbeinu B'chaye, is like, you put your head down, you close your eyes, you close your mouth, and you're abolishing all of your senses. You're basically saying, HaKadosh Baruch I can't move without you. In a way, that's how you're giving up your life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like you're completely locking yourself up, saying, I am chained and shackled unless you, are, unless you are able to free me. Now, says the Zayar, I want you to take a look at number 12, on page 2, the um, right-hand side of, of uh, number 12, says the Zayar HaKadosh, Ukidain. Vaday tikuna da boy the kavana liba. You better do this with kavana. Ukedain kutcher brichum achaper lechoybe. Then the Almighty will forgive your sins. Zakahu varnash. Fortunate is a person. The yada lemifte le lamare who knows how to persuade his maker. Beravasa with heart with kavana de liba. In other words, think about what you're doing. You're saying, God, this is a big deal over here. In other words, you may, you're making. <laughs> You're, you're about to negotiate the deal of the century with the Almighty. You're saying, God, I am willing to give up my life to you, and in exchange, you're going to knock off all of my sins. This is not like, you know, you know, this is not like mitigate my sin. This is not like, I have an ingrown toenail. Would you mind healing me? This is a major, this is the deal of the century. 
You're saying, God, I'm willing to give up my life, and in exchange, you're going to forgive all my sins. So says the Zayar, you better do this with kavana. Fortunate is someone who does this with kavana. Whoa, to someone who negotiates this deal without kavana, and he says, If you say these words without kavana, you will cause yourself to be taken prematurely out of the world. What? You can't say on Shabbos. It's not, a, it's not an appropriate time. It has to be the right time. But this is what the Zayar says. The Zayar says you're negotiating the deal of the century. You better do it with Kavana. You do it with Kavana, you're very fortunate. You do it without Kavana, you're jeopardizing your life. You're jeopardizing life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, how can you? In other words, that? this. How can you, if you know you're honestly not going to be perfect, how can you do it? Ah, ah. But but now you see the stakes. There's no tefillah where the stakes are higher than tachnun. Ah. Comes the Magen Avram, and the Magen Avram says he quotes the Beis Yosef, who says that the Zayar says if you don't say tachnun with kavana, you're dead meat. And the Magen Avram says that's why Ashkenazim are very smart. That's why Ashkenazim don't say Tachnon. Not by Shachris, not by Mincha, not on Rebbe's yard site, not on Atana's yard site, not on a Lifrisha person's yard site, not on people. Nobody's, we don't, we just don't say Tachnon. It's not worth saying Tachnon because you're, you're basically endangering your life. And therefore, the uh, Magen Avram says that we say Paragvav. What's Paragvav? Nothing. It's nothing. It's not Tachnon. Therefore, you, it's Tehillim. You want to say it with Kavana, say it with Kavana. You want to say it without Kavana, say it without Kavana. But to say it and not to have Kavana, it's not worth the chance. Um, I, 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 whoever does say it, they Now, now, and, uh, one second. So now I said nobody here says it except Rabbi Yaakov Davidoff. He's a good friend of mine. And he, I happen to know, he says Tachnon twice a day. Why? Because Achenu B'nei Sfarad they say the correct Tachnon, namely, Parak Chafei of Tehillim. L'david, Eilach Hashem, Nafshia. So what do the Svardim? No, right after Shemon Esrei. Oh, That's their Nefilah Sapayim. They don't oh, say Vav. That's it? They don't say what we say at all? Just, just we don't say it ever, and Svardim do say it. Yeah, but they say the rest of what we say also? The Shoimer Yisrael? I don't know. <clears throat> they say Vidur. They say Vidur. I'm just saying Ashkenazim never say it. Them say tachnon. So now we have to know do, how do the Sfardim deal with the threat, so to speak, of the Zayar? How do they deal with it? That we're going to see momentarily. Now comes the Kamarna. Yes? What does it have to do with Sefer Torah? Why do you not, if there's no Sefer Torah, you don't feel like you can say it without. Right. Okay, good point. It's sort of outside of the realm of the, the answer is because when Yehoshua Benon said tachnon, it says, Vayiplu alpanav lefnei Hashem. He fell on his face before before Hashem, and it's only considered lefnei Hashem when there's an arayin. You need the arayin. It's more the arayin than the sefer Torah. That's why many say that in Yushalayim, you you say tachnon even if you don't have a sefer Torah because Yushalayim is always lefnei Hashem. 
that halacha that Yishan Zolom said is Lamaiser only applies to the old city. In the old city of Yishalayim, even if you don't have a Sefer even if you don't have a Arayin, it's considered Lefnei Hashem, and you'll say Tachna. Some are lenient. Some say that if there's Svarim in the room, that also counts. We don't hold that way. So, so Tachna has to be Lefnei Hashem. The bottom line is, the Magen Avram writes, that the reason why Ashkenazim do not say Tachnun is we are scared out of our wits from the Klala of the Zayar, and therefore we just don't say Tachnun. However, comes the Kamarna, and he says, nice try, Ashkenazim. You could say Parakhafei, you could say Paragvav. The Zayar's threat always applies. And that is, it doesn't matter about the words, it matters about the thought. Why do we choose Paragvav? You think it's random that we choose Paragvav? No, Paragvav expresses the same idea of Tachnun, namely, the willingness to give up your life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You say, Ki ein ba God, please don't take me away. There's no mention of you in death. Bishom yoidalach, no one could thank you in the grave. So this Paragvav is expressing the same thing that L'Dover Eilech Hashem Nafshi Esa expresses, and therefore the Kamarna says that if a person says even Paragvav without Kavana, they should be concerned for the uh, warning of the Zayar HaKadosh. So he doesn't accept what the Magen Avram says, that Ashkenazim take an easy way out, and they just uh, don't say Tachna, it doesn't matter what parak you say. Rav Moshe Sternbach, in a tshuva, he says something very interesting. So Ashkenazim, they have, you know, the Ashkenazim, uh, Rav Moshe David Vali was, uh, was originally the Rebbe of the Ramchal, and then later he became the, the Talmud of the Ramchal. So he has very interesting things about um, Ashkenazim and Sfardim. Ashkenazim are called Choref. Ashkenazim are sharp. Sfardim are, have a more see, they're Sinai. They're more all-encompassing knowledge. Anyway, so the Ashkenazim came up with a good chap. We don't say Tachna. And what do the Sfardim do? By the way, the Sfardim have almost a better chap. The Sfardim say Perkhafei, but they don't put their head down. So they also never do nefilah sapayim. Sfardim don't either do nefilah sapayim. We don't say the right parak, and they don't put their head down. Is there anyone who says parak chafei and puts their head down? Why don't they put their head down? Because they're scared of the zayar. Because the zayar says, if somebody says nefilah sapayim without kavah, so we don't say the right parak, and they don't put their head down. But either way, neither are really fulfilling the full tachnun in all of its glory. And uh, Lamaisa, <coughs> Rav Sternbach says that even though we don't quite know why many Hasidim are lenient regarding the recitation of Tachnon, the Mincha Salazar says the reason is it is in deference to the threat of the Zayar HaKadosh that it just simply born out from a fear of saying Tachnon without Kavana. And since Tachnon is a Rishos and it's dangerous to rattle it off, the rest of Davni, you want to rattle it off. You know, you're not risking your life. Tachnun, you better do it right. So, now, says the Minchas Elazar, it's not correct. You need to say Tachnun unless it's found in Shulchan Aruch not to say Tachnun. But you want to know where it comes from that they're hesitant to say Tachnun? This is where it comes from. You want to know if it's correct? No, the Minchas Elazar says it's not correct. He says there were Gedoylem who were correct in not saying Tachnan, he names Rav Tzvi of Zidachov. He says, because if you would know the Kavanas Rav Tzvi of Zidachov had when he said Tachnan, he was having the full Kavanas of the Zayar, so he was really scared of what the Zayar said, 
that if you don't say it properly, you're endangering yourself. But for a regular Jew, says the Mincha Salazar, check out Simon Kuf Lamed Aleph. When it says don't say Tachnon, you don't say Tachnon. When it says say Tachnon, you should say Tachnon. Says the Reb Sternbach. This explains perhaps why Hasidim don't say Tachnon by Mincha. Because Shachris, everybody has time in the morning. Sure, everybody devotes a nice long amount of time to Daman Shachris, and they could say every word slowly and carefully. And Mariv, people have time to daven, but Mincha is, you know, in the middle of the day. And sometimes people are davening on the go. So to say Tachnon, Mincha time, when people are in a rush and people want to chap the davening, so that's where it comes from that perhaps Hasidim um, are leaning regarding that. Comes the Eishel Avram of Buchach, and he says that don't be scared of the Zayar. You have nothing to be worried. You have nothing to be scared about. You have, th- you have nothing to worry about. You know what the Zayar means? That if you say Tachnon Beliba Rechika, you're endangering your life. Liba Rechika doesn't mean once in a while you're saying the words and your mind is on. I don't know what your job, your breakfast, your sports team. That's not. Uh, that's not a big deal, says the Eishal Avram. It's not. Re- we're not recommending it, but that's not what we're talking about. Liba Rechika means. If you have issues with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you're not mavatel your will to the will of the Creator, so to speak, you are, you know, butting heads with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then that's what it means to say Tachnon Belibar Rechika. But if you're, you're good with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's just you can't control your mind, so we're not going to give you a medal, but also you don't have to worry that that's called saying Tachnon Belibar Rechika. So the title of today's shir was what was the title of the share? No, we had some good titles. Ten ways. Nobody even remembers. You came to the share, and you remember? Ten, ten energizing phenomenon from Tachnan. So here, so far, number one. If you say Tachnan properly, and you're willing to give your soul Tachadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem is Moichel all your Avonos. That's one powerful uh, objective of Tachnan. Number two, if it's mitoich tsar, if a person davens out of pain, it is the most potent tefillah of the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers ASAP. Comes Arizal, and Arizal says, eight other benefits that accrue at the time that you say tachnan. This is from the Sefer Pri Chaim. Take a look at number 18. Number one, nasa beria chadasha. You become a new entity. It's like you were recreated. In other words, before Tachnon, you were a grouch, you were in a bad, lousy mood, you were, you are, who knows what? When Tachnon is over, you're a new being. Your soul went up, and the Yavon Shem recreated you. Tachnon is like a complete re, uh, makeover. Number two, God injects you with energy to fight the Yitzhahara during Tachnon. Number three, you're given added seichel to understand the secrets of the Torah. So before Tachnon, you could look at a piece of Gemara, you could look at a Ramban, you could look at a, a thing in the Torah, you can't make heads or tails, you don't know if you're coming or going. After Tachnon, you're zapped, they zap you from Shamayim, and all of a sudden, you're energized with new levels of understanding of Torah. Then, number four, Toisefes Dveikas Bukainai, Added attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You are attached to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a deeper way. 
Number five, zoichel lemesila. You're given a path. You're given a path. What kind of path? I don't know. You're given a path. It's good to have a path. What do you do? What would you do without a path? You're given a mesila. You get a path between you and God. You have like a special uh, pathway. Number six, hashpa l'shchina. You bestow kindness on the shchina that the shchina says to the malachim, "Give me shefa because of my son over there who said tachlan prophet." So you empower Hakadosh Baruch Hu to help the world. Number seven. No sin will come to you. You'll be protected from sin. And number eight, when a person dies, he gets to go upstairs immediately. Now, so what is it? What happens to everybody else? Oh, all the guys who don't say tachlan properly, when they die, it's a whole bureaucracy. They have to file paperwork. They have to get an issue. They have to get a letter that they know somebody. They have to get, you know, a vaccination. They have to... It becomes very complicated getting to the right places. You have to know somebody. If you say Tachnan properly, you go straight to the right place. No paperwork, no file. Straight, you go on a special line. I think I saw someone that they had to make up all the Tachnans that they didn't say. They have to uh, make up for every day. In the Gehenim? In Gehenim, that's what they do all day. They say Tachnun the whole day. It's the, it's the Monday Tachnun that never ends. It's like, it's like 500 pages of the Monday. It's like a never-ending Monday Tachnun. Just when you think it's over, there's another 10 pages. Okay, Marv Rabbi said one last halacha about Tachnun. I don't know why people don't do this. Maybe some people do do this. And that is... Let me, what? Sfardim say chafei, but they don't put their head down. Ashkenazim say vav, and we do put our head down. The bottom line is, nobody says tachnan. Last halacha is that the Orch HaShulchan says, the Orch HaShulchan tells us that after you finish Chazar Sashatz, you fall on your face. What is Nefila Sapayim? Says the Orch HaShulchan, Nefila Sapayim is as follows. Berchas Kriyashma, what position were you in? You're sitting. Shemana Esrei, you're standing. When you finish Tachnon Azriel, your head is down. When you sing Tachnon, so basically you've, you've exhausted all three avenues of Tefillah. You sat, you stood, you put your head down. Basically, you're Banisham. What, what else could I do? I sat, I stood, I put my head down. I don't know what else to do. I've done everything possible. I've sat, I've stood, I fell on my face. What do you want me to do now? Stand on my head and spit water nickels. I've done every possible avenue of tefillah. You have to answer me now. Therefore, says the Archashokhan, when you say, you sit, and manasa, you should stand up. Why people don't do that? I don't know. They're having so much kavana, they forget to fulfill the halacha. But that is what the Archashokhan says, it's brought in the Mishnah Bura. Furthermore, the Mogan Avram says, Va'anachnu lo'ineida ma'anasa, you say out loud b'kol ram. Va'anachnu lo'ineida ma'anasa b'kol ram. Comes the Orch HaShulchan and Sukkotan Tess, and he adds one thing, that the truth is, in Tachnun itself, we've exhausted every, every form of tefillah. We've fallen on our face. We've said, Shoymer Yisrael, Shmar She'eris Yisrael. We've sat. And we stand up. So now we say, when we're standing up and we've exhausted every mode of tefillah, let's just add one thing, and I'll let you go. 
What did Moshe Rabbeinu do to try to save Klal Yisrael? He said, Tachnan. That, that's the source of Tachnan, the tefillah of Moshe, to save Klal Yisrael. Now, which one of the things about Tachnan was Moshe Rabbeinu doing when he said Tachnan this week's parasha? Was it Moiroshchina? Was it Tsar? Was it... What, what was he doing? Was it uh, tying himself up? Was it connect, making a mesila? Apparently, there's another element of Tachnan. You have to say, what, what else do we say in Tachnan? Shoimer Yisrael, Shemar She'eres Yisrael. Shoimer Goyachet, Shemar Shas Amachat. Shoimer Goy Kadosh. Apparently, Tachnan also has this particular Koyach to guard and watch over Klal Yisrael. And presumably, I would think, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing when he said Tachnan to save Klal Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu's Tachnan actually worked. So, we should take advantage of this uh, very powerful tefillah, and HaKadosh Baruch should answer all of our tefillahs, Barachem and Mubrasen. Chanani Merkash Yom, Rotsa HaKadosh Baruch HaZag, Yisrael Tzikol Chir Olam Torah, Mr. Shinemra, Adonai Chofetz Man Tzikoi, Yagdil Torah, V'yadir.